makes you such a threat? We choose the right to be who we are. We know the difference between the reality of freedom and the illusion of freedom. There's a way to live with Earth and a way not to live with Earth. We choose the way of Earth. It's about power. Joshua. Greetings and good day and welcome, my relatives. I shake your hands with a good heart. This is a voice from Earth. It's good for all of us to be here. You are listening to First Voices Radio and Teokasen Ghost Horse, sending you greetings and strength from the highlands of the Esopus, what Americans, or what Americans and Dutch call the Catskill Mountains. Regardless, it is the highlands of the Esopus and the lands of the Muncie-speaking Lenape. This is an all-native hosted, all-native produced First Voices Radio. And Liz Hill from the Red Lake and Anishinaabe Nation is the producer of First Voices Radio. You can hear us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Spotify, as well as firstvoicesindigenousradio.org for archive, downloading, and listening well, today we have three guests live in studio as we come here out of Kingston, New York, is where we are. And um, I'd like to welcome these three guests, Christian Matute Sagbai, Rod Piera, Rats, excuse me, I've, I worked on this, I tell you, I did Rad Piera and Diagande Hall. And uh, we'll, we'll introduce Christian first, incarnated on the lands currently referred to as Gualaquec. Gualaquec. And even here for quite a while, and I still say it the wrong way. Okay. Ecuador. Not too long ago, it was Quichua Canai, Canari territory, which it is still. This recognition of land and, and language has drawn Christian to the work of language justice. He's currently exploring this avenue of healing while keeping in mind the need for future generations to decolonize themselves through expansive and yet connective land-based principles. Our second guest, Diogande Hall, Mohawk of Akwasasne is a Haudenosaunee, Haudenosaunee community member and a two-spirit multidisciplinary artist based in their traditional homelands in so-called upstate New York. Their medium of expression weaves between ancestral food cultivation, storytelling, community organizing, hip-hop, lyricism, beat production, and sound engineering. Their primary focus of their work is claiming space for Native folks to re-indigenize and find movement and joy in their interconnected liberation of our bodies, spirit, and land. Diogande is currently working on a food sovereignty project in the Hudson Valley called Iron Paths 
Farms, and you can find it at Iron Path Farms. Rad Piera said it two ways. They, them is a queer trans immigrant artist and cultural worker of Pindorama, Pindorama, Abiyala, Brazil, building consciousness between healing justice, system change, re-indigenization, and queer futures. They are based in Lenape Hoking, which is Brooklyn, and Haudenosaunee Territory, Northern Hudson Valley. Their work in performance, education, facilitation, and social practice has been experienced on fields, stages, screens, stoops, and sidewalks all over Turtle Island. They are they are co-founder of You Are Here, a community-based organism that creates art and healing opportunities for and with queer artists and healers in, I would say, BIPOC, but I want to put this in order, folks, indigenous, black, and then people of culture. It's no longer people of color. So anyway, they yeah. co-wrote Meeting the Moment, Socially Engaged Performance, 1965-2020, by those who lived in it, lived it with their mentor, Jan Cohen, Co Jan, people say Jan, but I'll say Jan Cohen Cruz, available through New Village Press. They are director of engagement and impact at New York Stage and Film. They are building a native-led food sovereignty and world-building project called Iron Path Farms. They are a solidary economy organizer, working across platforms, communities, and industries so at rad is where you can reach rad piera so i would begin this with those good words that i said in another language and ask your friend christian to begin this out many blessings gratitude for this moment wanting to just acknowledge our great mother sister just thank you for being here through this water as we take a sip Gratitude to y'all, to the lands. Blessing, blessing. Yeah. Just so rich. <clears throat> so, just so grateful as we flow. Um, just starting to connect right now with the water by really sitting with it in the cold. Uh, I've been invited to uh, just get in the what we know now as the Connecticut River, but I, uh, lack of my connection to the history there, um, just understanding what that is in these times, but seeing how I am really wanting to adapt to these changes in, in uh, both the shifts in climate, the shifts in the social climate that we're living in, and acknowledging all these things that we have, that, and this is the way that I do it, is through the water, so wanting to acknowledge the fluidity and the lessons that come through that. Now. That's a good way to start out, because you're you're... Often, as we know, as indigenous folks, we are we are um, ecocentric people, not so much anthropocentric. Mm -hmm. So it's good to realize what gives us and restores our ecosystem within us. And those thoughts come from clean water and mm -hmm. clean clean food and clean land and all that. But what clutters them up so that we don't treat the earth clean anymore? And that's why we'll start with that. And this is one of those programs where there is no agenda we didn't have a plan <laughs> we're going to talk about what we feel and bring that on as you started it out and it's what gives us purpose is this water and the fire and the air and and, and light, light right so um so i'll start with that and just y'all to join in and thank you very much for joining us and 
I had the pleasure of meeting Rad and Diogande uh, in a local establishment here. And after it was all done and said for, I was like, they, I said, how did you meet? And you both said, well, there was a sign, but I'd rather you tell, <laughs> tell the story here. Rad? Um, sure. Thanks so much for having us. And thanks for uh, the opening blessing, Christian. Um, yeah, we actually met on the interwebs, but we knew we, I knew Dio loved me <laughs> when they sent me a video of this blinking neon sign that said radio. And I put two and two together and our names together are radio. Rad oh, and Dio. <laughs> you, you didn't know that, Christian? I did not hear the story. I'm just, I can't stop smiling. Sorry, our first radio, radio appearance. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. honored Dio. to be Rad here. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cohesive. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And um, so you've done radio, maybe, maybe not, but you've been on the media before, which is, seems to be your work to get the word out about Earth and Iron Path Farms and all that. But the movement of re-indigenizing, that seems to be this generation's purpose to me, your generation and the one half between us, right, are after us, way after us, is what do we do? And how does one do that? Do we change the language? Do we speak it differently? Do we do positive and negative? How do we do it? Because I often refer to it as the view from the shore. We're the only ones who didn't come on ships, right? So if we're a view from the shore, who, whose view are we giving? Is it the view? Are we the ones on the ships? No. Indigenous folks are the view from the shore. See, that changes mm. thinking a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm actually recalling right now a um, time when we were just talking to Rev Dele. I don't know if everyone knows or connects to Reb Deli, you can find them at uh, youtube.com slash Reb Deli. Um, but one of the stories that was coming through is uh, connecting to our indigenous teachings is when we're thinking of this concept of Christianity, you know, that's, my name is Christian, like there's something of this that I'm like still healing from and there's much work there. But when, when the ships came, uh, just one of the stories was like, okay, you know, meeting each other, and they're like, yeah, we, you know, the, the colonizers or those coming in the ships came and said, yeah, we, we have this. We, we have a religion, uh, and this religion's about, uh, you know, God, this oneness. Oh, yeah, and then they're talk, they talking to the native folks. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have that. We have that, too. Oh, okay, we, we also brought you know, this idea of uh, just uh, of forgiveness. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we have that, too. Uh, but we also have this idea of, of, of hell and of, of this. And then, you know, they, they stop. Uh, to, and go to the, the neighboring uh, uh, people and commune, and then come back, and they're like, "No, actually, we don't. We don't have that. That's a thought that, as I said, a belief system we don't have." Um, and so it was just really trying to point out that you know, at, at these times where we find ourselves, why have we adapted? Speak, speaking of exactly what you're talking right now, why have we adapted? Why have we uh, been uh, mentality, even scarcity of separation, uh, and the lack of. Ex ex especially lack of connection to the earth. When we're talking about God, when we're talking about oneness, um, why does that not include protection and sovereignty for the earth herself and our own deep, deep spiritual connection to her? Um, and so just just something that really came through. Yeah, that, <clears throat> that resonates as well, just thinking of 
you know, re-indigenizing and like, you know, what what that even means and wanting to kind of just expand on that too of reframing, you know, it's like we did the decolonial work, we've identified, you know, the isms and all of that and you can't, I firmly believe you can't stay in resistance for so long, you know, like that's just a, a friction on a friction. So part of re-indigenizing is like reframing your your view as an indigenous person to what sustained us prior to contact, you know, and that involves imagination, that involves research, that involves being connected to your cultures and communities and languages and, and, and the earth, you know, and then that is, is part of removing the colonizer and putting, rematriating, you know, re-indigenizing, creating a new indigenous context and lens to look at the world. Mm. Is is that um, Tiganda? Is that kind of like you you do the work yourself, or you re-indigenize yourself in order to? How do I put it? We it takes more intelligence to unlearn what what we've been forced to learn, and that's the bigger task because it's easier because we were told since the system said you go from first grade until twelfth grade and there's further on, but it was all a road. The other, the other part I'm thinking about is, yeah, how do how do we unlearn this? You know, how do we unlearn it? Because it's going to take that gumption, I would say, for lack of a better thought, to re-indigenize ourselves, to unlearn what we've learned. Absolutely. I mean, that makes me think of muscle memory. And as a dancer and someone who was trained up in Eurocentric versions of performance, there was so much focus on muscle memory, muscle memory, train your muscles to be able to do this without thinking, train yourself, train your mind, um, train all parts of yourself. You know, it felt like, felt like they were shaping, shaping me to be a part, a cog of the performance machine, you Mm. know, to be a part of the uh, entertainment industry. And for me, one of the parts of re-indigenizing myself as individually was unlearning that muscle memory. You know, there was a lot of time that I spent reading and trying to think my way out of, think my way out of it. And like, I thought I could theorize my way out into unlearning. And then there was a point where, um, my body was and my bones and my blood were like it felt like screaming and like shouting for me that like I cannot brain my way through this I has to be through my body and in um, firing up my intuition and listening to the ancestral technologies that are within me that many of them have been hiding for so long waiting for me to shed light on them and to reconnect with them and so for me, that, that idea of unlearning and how much hard work it is, mm. is, yeah, I mean, it's going to take, to me, it's going to take my whole life. And hopefully my kids, you know, my kids will be able to really walk an embodied path of being their fully indigenous selves um, without having to kind of have a foot in both worlds all the time, you know, unlearning while relearning, which it is for me. Yeah, so I wish that world for them. That resonates so much with me as well because 
and literally stepping into a language justice journey meant, you know, first of all, recognizing Spanish also as a colonizer language, and yet how to use what I've been shown in order to like commune with folks that are still using that type of thinking, separating themselves from the earth so much and going through the systems like schooling, college, engineering, all these things that people in this society value so much. And yet being able to let that go as in like composting. So when we're talking about re-indigenizing for me is uh, very simple is even starts at the food scraps that I carry now and taking care of that and finding a compost and seeing the connection between that and the belief systems that I had, you know, and like being able to just like it, 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 doing this process, of course, extremely hard, depression, anxiety, many, many thoughts that want you to disconnect yourself so much from the systems take place. But that's when I was fighting and using the same colonial ways to approach this healing mentality. And so what I'm trying to, I guess, say is when I'm comp composting, I see by letting it go, by adding the materials that are, are necessary to, to con and conducive to that decomposing process, that the earth takes care of it. And so in what ways do, uh, can I do that with my son, starting at the language level, and then, what, what, and then like showing and less like talking and also showing, was to merge ourselves in the water, go into streams, taking a walk, showing him, you know, this composting thing. And it's not a task that we're like, oh God, I gotta do this today. It's like, oh wow, we're like engaging ourselves as part of the process of, uh, of, of what gives us also fruit in life. So like trying to implement these small ways, coming back to the land, doing things like what is now being referred to as like homesteading, you know, but just coming back into connection really with, with the land in the small ways are just baby steps towards showing him what's possible and stepping out of my mind, out of my head so much. Um, and really, really, if I really, if I want to go deeper into it, but like not, not, don't want to take up too much space here, is also this idea of connecting with the heart. You know, that for me, like if I want to like try to connect with folks using this language in Spanish and English, um, I, I want to say, bring it as, as, as simple as that, like the heart is connected to the earth in magnetic ways. There's, there's researchers around that uh, as well through the HeartMath Institute, but how the heart creates a magnetic field, the earth has a magnetic field, all life has a magnetic field. These are just left-brain approaches of us mm. in, 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 in that intuitively through indigenous practice, we're just engaging normally. But if you want to be able to utilize these language, these words, in order to say, hey, there's an outlet, look at this research. If you really don't think there's a connection there somewhere, here it is. But also forget about that and just compost, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, it's, it's interesting to, to hear that. We're speaking with Christian Matute Sagbai, Rod Piera, and Rad, Rad Pireta, and Pireta, and Digande Hall. And I was thinking along the lines that since intuition is involved here. Earlier today, I was talking to some people who were planning to bring sort of this thinking to the forefront at a local establishment here, which is in the future. And what I'm thinking came out of that is I speak a different language. I speak English, of course. You speak Spanish, you speak Portuguese, and whatever we speak. We all speak English. And I can hear my Western mind go, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with speaking these languages the way we see it? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just a different perspective. 
And so if I bring Lakota thinking the way it's it's taught in the local area region of, of, of the center of North America, which is the Black Hills of South Dakota, and I try to apply the way we see the stars here in Kingston, mm-hmm. it's not going to fit. Mm-hmm. So this language we speak, we're communicating with, will that be able to someday fit on this land? And that's why I talk about red angles, right? Is it really about red angles or is it there's one, there's a language and languages that understand the same thing in this side of the planet? Mm. Just like when you describe the intuition of the compost mm. teaching you, mm-hmm. right? Rather than us showing it, it's teaching you. So I'm that kind of thinker. So is, is that indigenizing or re-indigenizing? Because we, we can get stuck on a word and say, well, we got to redefine it and take it and change the weather, you know, change the weather type of thing, like uh, crazy thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Good words, good words. <laughs> good thoughts. I love compost, too. So I'm like, shout out to all the compost that are working right now as Absolutely. we speak. <laughs> yeah, compost is... um gives comfort in the winter months while you're thinking ahead to like what you're going to grow. So I love compost. Yeah. Nothing goes to waste, you know, as an indigenous person, you're like, where, where can this go? What can I do with this? I'm in an urban setting. Oh, the spring's coming. Yeah. I'm content to my compost. Yeah. So we are in an urban setting. How does that work? I mean, you, you talk about it, but you're kind of I'm, I'm like in the forest a little bit, so I have, you know, some yeah. some privacy there sometimes, uh, you know, in, in the urban setting it can have, but there's, there's if you really want to do it, you can do it, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For me, uh, we just have some, some trees, we make it really simple, some branches, break that up, make a little square, and we have a barrier from any, any animals getting in there, and then we do our thing there too, you know, so mm-hmm. uh, just trying to keep it as simple and not like destructive to the, the land as possible. I wanted to ask all of you, Rad, Rad, you talked about being a cultural worker of Pindorama. Where, where, what does that mean, of Pindorama from someplace in Brazil? Well, Pindorama is kind of like Turtle Island for us. That's okay. our word. That's our indigenous, the folks that I'm I'm around, that's um, their reference to the lands that they're on, and it's the name of a tree. Mm. Yeah, so I, I like to call it by its original name in my in my um worldview you know and in my experience and to me cultural worker means artist organizer educator mm-hmm. and uniting those things to be a a cultural worker and especially interested in culture shift which to me is also a crucial part of re-indigenization you know like our media our art and those stories that we tell are such a crucial part of how we're treading on this earth and so to me that's one of my my gifts that was passed on to me is what stories are we telling and how are we telling them and how can we bring our ancestors with us in those stories that we're telling and not just doing it in an industrial way Mm -hmm. it reminds me of how we standardize our languages, because um, I've had to, um, indigenous languages, standardize it to where 
in this book I've just read and I'll be being able to talk is hospicing modernity. What is modernity and why are indigenous peoples left out of that? Because modernity seems to be hospicing itself. You see, and we don't want to go there because we know it's it's resource-based. And if it keeps extracting, this is what it's really saying, hospicing modernity, that it keeps extracting and not regenerating like you're doing with compost. Yeah, there's, there's some thoughts in it. There's a question in that, too. I mean, that makes me think about the difference of sustainability versus regeneration, right? Yeah. And that, like, climate people people into green stuff will come up with like the latest trendy ideas and like slow culture and we're like yep we've been here like that's our entire that's like yep welcome welcome you know and it's like these little these little band-aids these little band-aids that i think they try to keep doing and then they they reach their natural life cycle right and they're not actually there's no longevity there Hmm. You know, one thing I was reading through your bios here, um, it's like, it doesn't have any PhD or, <laughs> or any masters. I'm like, what's wrong with this picture, right? There's nothing wrong with it, because that, it's, that's one way to re-indigenize, is to leave all of those, yeah, because they're pieces of paper that, that kind of misguided me. So now it's coming through, but... Yeah, I mean, just we're only warming up, folks. We're here and we're sitting in the studio with this type of glass that I told you about. <laughs> and why is that that we have to sit on the studio when this could be a campfire? This could be a fire that we're mm. reigniting here. And some folks are trying to, trying to wonder where are you taking these folks, Diokasin? What are you talking about? What's your purpose? What's your plan? What's your agenda? Mm. Is there an agenda? <laughs> not for us and besides like just sharing and speaking up about what's good inside our heart you know in this mm-hmm. moment and mm-hmm. how that can be a guiding inspiration for your own creativity for what really comes through for you what do you want to talk about you know what I mean like bring that to the table and for us right now it's really important like you're saying to just step into this idea so we can set up our, our future generations you know for something that's maybe a little more connected and less like you know separate so yeah. what's up <coughs> Yeah, you know, and it's nice to to be here to converse and uh, convene with other natives. And now I'm imagining that campfire between us, you know, just sharing stories and good words. Uh, This time it just happens to to be going out over the airwaves for for people to enjoy. So what a gift and a blessing to to be gathered here with you all. Mm. Yahweh for that, too. Yeah, Yahweh is thank you. Right. Ah, see, how do you do that? (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah, I just <laughs> snap, snap. So snap, you know, snap. time, time, whatever went to, it's gone oh, yeah? for this half hour. Oh, okay. So we're gonna jump right into taking a break, mm. right, as they call it, and come back with this after this song, which is Jungle. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
And this is First Voices Radio. My name is Tioka and Ghost Horse. And in studio we have Christian Matute Sagbai, Rod Rad Piera, and Dilgande Hall. Um, we're sitting in conversation. It seems like we we can talk freely when the, the red lights aren't on and the microphone. <laughs> but here we are. And and yeah, we're just warming up. We have another good 20 minutes. Um, so what is what is that 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 urgency that you feel? is to, you said yes to come in on the radio right away because maybe you felt something, I don't know. Maybe you thought something. Let's do this, basically. So what was that urgency to have you come on the radio? I I love radio. I love, um, I love talking, and I love, like, what you can't see that's beyond here, like these airwaves that are taking my words beyond. Mm. And what's out there, I can't see, but I'm talking and hoping to reach you all. <laughs> and I did, I did radio in college. I was um, at WSUC Cortland, ninety point five, the Dragon. The so Dragon. I um, yeah, I was. I'm I'm happy to to be back here. You know, connecting yeah. with people in such a way. I when I was at Cortland, I intentionally leave out like my academic accolades, yeah. um, because I I I think on the East Coast a lot people lead with that you know like they're what the institution has given them and taught them and you know i spent time on the west coast and i was like nobody is is sharing their resume when they meet me and mm. i appreciated that and i worked to take it out but when i was there at Cortland, suny Cortland state school i did radio production yeah, so it's a, a welcome space for me to to be back you know and we we're new to the area yeah. um I mean, my family's been here for 13 generations, but yeah. <laughs> beyond that, I'm new to this literal space of Kingston, so wanting to connect and share with people, you know, like I mentioned, I'm an artist, we're working on a food sovereignty project as well locally, and continuing to build build community, which feels so important wherever we go. Yeah, for the quote-unquote short time that you were here, I, mo I also came to this area, Saugerties, Kingston area, in like late 2019, right before the pandemic. But for the short time that we've been here, I feel like we've really like grown to connect with a lot of uh, community members. that we, we, we know each other way before we even actually got to meet each other, you know? Um, and so I think that speaks a lot to the spirit behind uh, the energy and where we're coming from as as part of this generation comes. I think that's important to highlight, you know. Um, we really wanted to weave by also disentangling ourselves from what was holding us back. So uh, for me, it always comes, it's, it's a joy to speak about this because I too remember like going through the uh, the, the journey, the mental gymnastics of like, okay, I, 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 I guess I'm in high school now, I gotta apply for college and I, I gotta get this, this title thing. And you know, much respect, honestly, I gotta say much respect to my mom for all the struggle and, all, and everything that she faced to come here. And her wish was for me to be one of those professionals with, with the plaques on the walls and all that stuff. So I don't wanna try to degrade uh, any of the effort that she did and all the suffering that she did. And at the same time, I um, got to a point where all that was really depressing me. It was really depressing me. And so um, being like, exactly what you're saying is actually just being highlighted here. Hey, like, it's just a paper. I don't want that to define who I am or limit where I can go or what I can speak about and all, all these things um, if if I have to uphold this this thing that, that I'm being trained to, to speak on. So, um, you know, um, just, just level to the immigrant parents out there. You know, we, we're here for a reason and we can still do that from an indigenous point of view, which I know much, much of my 
earlier history uh, with, with my parents and stuff was to sort of run away from that because we didn't want to be seen as poor. We didn't want to see us just working the land and farming, right? Like, what is that? What are you talking about? I'm like, that's survival. <laughs> like, that's wisdom. So uh, I know my grandparent, my granddad, which I never really, I never got to meet in person. Uh, I hear that he was very connected in that way. And so, um, you know, I carry a lot of that energy and really wish to like embody more of that, more and more with respect. Um, and yeah, just just bring this through. Like I gotta I gotta let go of some of that old old school office training mentality, and like I just gotta highlight what what's in front of me. What you see is not necessarily what you always get. There's so much more there, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like let's be a community. Let's talk. You know. Well, I've known Kristen for what four four years maybe. Yeah, maybe since I first got up here. And yeah. You know, we shared bread together, water, fires, and conversation deeply or not. <laughs> Met his family, watched his little one grow up, and see his little one, right? Um, and just, just movement of so happy to see people of culture, people, indigenous peoples from other parts of the world come here. I'm like, oh, this feels just like home mm. to me, yeah. right? In the older generation, it's like, oh, yeah, this is why I'm here to see this happen. Right. Right. I feel like there's something really special going on. I mean, there's a there's a confluence right now, and I feel it's so, so it's so close to the skin. It's so powerful here in Kingston. I was talking to um, our friend Inno Innocence Powell. Shout out Abundance yeah, Farms yeah. hosts these amazing just community hangouts around a fire, and um, I met this public school teacher who was a public school teacher here in Kingston for 30 years, and he was telling me that. Uh, you know, over the last five years, it went from there being, I think, it was something like I'm, 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 I'm ballparking it here. It was, uh, it was something like uh, 40% black students, uh, 30% white students, and uh, 30% mixed, mixed bag of the rest. And he said, in the last five years, it's 70% quote unquote Latinos, um, which, as many of us know. Most mostly indigenous folks from the south, right. and you know a a, a a consequence and a product of so much upheaval that is going on in our homelands, and it's just been. I felt a similar thing, Tiokasen, when I was looking around here, and I'm like, oh my gosh, so many of these people look like my cousins mm-hmm. and my family, and there's so many, and so I think that's one of the things that brought us some. I don't know if urgency is the word, but hope and excitement and passion is to connect the north and the south here yeah. you know and this lifetime's about yeah go <laughs> off yeah yeah uniting the north and the south the it's under the eagle yeah exactly yeah yeah it's incredible you were talking about um um latino latina right mm-hmm. are you from greek <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. It's yeah. I know, say Latin no. <laughs> Latin no, exactly. That's great. No, it's it's the gentrification of the language or that keeps us into into you know this non-indigenous way of thinking. Mm-hmm. It's getting out of the right angles. Mm-hmm. Like fire would be good. We can talk about anything and still feel it. And, and, you know, going back in my studies, and someday you'll, you might go into this if not already, is that, wow, what if we had a language without nouns? Hmm. And we're just into the, you call it vibe, the movement, the motion, and we can describe it that way because it's alive and not 
subjected or objectified. Mm. So, That's, like, so you're not able to separate yourself from what's happening. So the beingness of it, yeah. of, of, of being in action with it. Huh. Yeah. Love that. Love mm -hmm. that. Yeah, and that's that's what I, I think is I've been sort of promoting it, not advertising it, but that's what's in motion now. And I see your generation is so much there, it's learning how to express itself again or express again the parts that the other generations was taken away from. And someone I was telling is like I grew up at a time in before nineteen seventy eight when we didn't have freedom of religion in this country, and I remember it. But that's history to somebody, but like, I'm history, no, I'm here, because I remember it. And now it's going into the courts in this country where they're trying to say, taking away indigenous children is, is what? And they want to adopt indigenous folks, indigenous children, but the native people are saying, no, we, you want, we don't want that to happen. So they're reversing in racism and saying it's a racist law that we can adopt who we want to. But that applies to indigenous folks, right? And it's another way of gentrifying the language to make it not indigenous. You see where I'm going with that? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. The Indian Child Welfare Act, that's yes. what you're referring to, right? Iqua. Yeah. yeah. Iqua. It's these these basis is basis is that a word? This basis of <laughs> of understanding language, you know, what does it produce? And are we, what are we seeding here? Are we seeding, are we reseeding or seeding the language that produced this language, these right angles, this pavement, which is the largest oil spill in the world, because mm. it's everywhere? See, do we, do we think beyond that? Or we just come up with the good stuff that we can get out of civilization, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it makes me think a little bit about the native seeds and the seeds that are brought in. <sighs> I don't exactly know uh, at times how to come back to that native seed besides, like, gotta start decomposing, gotta start there, <laughs> you know? But, like, just just getting back to that sometimes, you know? And um, once again, sometimes realizing, hey, am I a transplant? How much of my transplantness can I really adapt here and how much can I just be myself you know and at, at the end of it I think it's it's I'm just gonna, gonna continue following my heart and intuition so let's see where that leads me mm -hmm. and I will learn along the way you know so no that's a, that's a good thing wow it's amazing to me that Christian could look like a cousin of mine he could look like an aunt I had and you could look like a sister I, I didn't have, maybe. You know, it, it's all of that. Wow, these guys, you know, they're, they're here. You're here. And, and I, I think that's a good thing, like you said, the feeling. And I'm, I'm going to go to a place where perhaps maybe it's hard for some people to understand what we're talking about. And that's okay, because you look how long we have been dismissed as indigenous folks. And we get one hour in prime time on Sundays, right? So... People are trying to make sense of, of the conversations we're having because mm. we're, we're just going all over the place, mm -hmm. which is a non-linear way to feel. And I always bring in, before I come in, I put down tobacco and say, come on in with me, Mother Earth. Mm. You know, be here with us because mm. we're still breathing you. You give us everything all the time about oh, what are we doing? You know, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? 
you know. So it, it's that, those moments that, that she's always innocent and we will never be with her like we are now to the next second. So we have to stay in the present, in the conscious, in the consciousness language rather than the conscience of did I do the right and wrong or right thing, you see, and be channeled. So it's it's being able to come that way. Yeah. I'm glad you're on radio. You were on radio. Yeah. 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 Breaking free of that binary. Yeah. That's what we're that's what we call it, you know, the fluidity. That freedom of of not having to exist, you know, within that channel or that that narrowness. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, time travel to me is the way I I think I overcome not knowing the languages of my ancestors and I time travel through prayer through dance through especially dancing with my relatives the winds and the waters wherever I go that to me feels like the way that I will in my lifetime I will be able to supersede this language that was given to me but that is not mine. Um, mm-hmm. Is finding nonverbal, nonverbal ways to commune, you know, and to breach these multidimensional barriers that English will never um, give me access to. Mm. But that there's many other ways to get on that spaceship mm-hmm. and find my way through. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just reminded me today, uh, one of the happiest moments I had in growing up as a kid, but like today I was able to go to the, uh, the beach here in Kingston and just, uh, just start collecting seeds, the pods, the, uh, the water uh, chestnut seed. Um, and um, yeah, we're just doing that, collecting a bunch of things. But then and I climbed a tree. Like climbing trees is, is like one of the things I, I like you know we, we hug the tree first acknowledge it can I climb you okay thank you uh, let's go and uh, just seeing that view from above that allows me to sometimes stop time sometimes the time travel and just get like a upload download situation uh, so these are all technologies we're inviting uh, folks listening perhaps to just take more time and, and, and do that in your own beautiful ways you know whatever sparks your your timelessness <laughs> You, yeah. We all have that. We have the capacity to to type into the timelessness. Timelessness. <coughs> yes. It really says that there really is no time like now. So the now language, and you you will know um, along the lines that when we get these languages back, or we refer to them, our reference points get to a place where there is no um, how present phobic language used. In native being, there's no present phobic language, but we speak that of this language as present phobic language, which is afraid of a lot of things, the mm. future, the past, because we don't want to be here. Mm. So we lose ourselves in progress and all that manifestation, manifest destiny thinking, like we're going. You know, what is progress? That, that that's not even a word. And you mentioned it early, sustainable, and. <sighs> The other word. Regenerative. Degenerative. Mm-hmm. So in regeneration, right? And things like that. That gentrification is, wow, gentrification. You know, so, um, so I'm thinking along the lines that you and I, um, 
de Gandhi were on a panel a few about a month ago, mm-hmm. and it was about gentrification panel. Yes. And one thing stuck out to me that do we go to millionaires to ask them to help us out of the situation? You know? Yeah. Is isn't it that the thinking that got us into trouble in the first place? Absolutely. Absolutely, and I feel like there's as a native sometimes I've had to learn how to protect myself of what I call culture vultures you know people who mm. well, they'll follow you or attach to you or you know just be a little too interested in my horoscope back up though. yeah <laughs> yo but you know there's people then you find out way farther into your relationship or friendship whatnot that they have you know hundreds of acres that that they're you know safeguarding that they never mentioned that they have access to you know um and accumulation of millions of dollars of wealth um and may have been gathering a lot of information and knowledge from you that they then can reappropriate or repurpose um and i think that's a lot of what capitalism is is people who have the money and the means to take your ideas into something profitable faster than you may ever wish to you know or want to Mm. So yeah. no millionaire friends. That's right. <laughs> Extractive minds, like my uncle would say, mining minds, mm. right? And he also protect you. You have to learn how to protect your spirit because we live in a time that our spirits can be eaten. Mm-hmm. And what what better leading is that? But the four minutes we have left or so is <clears throat> if if artificial intelligence is saying it's the way of the future for everyone. Are we resisting that or are we resilient to it, to use your, your play on words? Do we allow it to come into our lives and say, well, here you go, artificial intelligence, create intelligence, create a poem for me. But it's going to take all your algorithms and then put it out for you. And we go, wow. Right? How much of that has it taken away of our own creativity? Too much. Yeah. Yeah, too much of our focus, attention into the illusions. You know, I mean, if you can use technology to facilitate certain aspects of life, but not let that be your primary focus, maybe. If it's facilitating communication right now between us and we're able to reignite our creativity, our intuition, beautiful. Mm. But how much further do we need to integrate that in? Uh, I, I would be cautious. I, I would just mm-hmm. be like, hey, you know, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate that, that I can call my mom. I appreciate I can call my siblings. You know, I uh, appreciate I can get to one place to another. I can get here. Great. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's another way to do that. Maybe there's a community way to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. that will leave it at that. <laughs> Bring back the encyclopedias. Take a trip through that for some answers. No more oh, Googling. No, just kidding. <laughs> That's go. a big one to rely on, Google, right? Yeah, go Ogle. <laughs> go Ogle. Yeah. Go Ogle. Old school. Yeah. Old school Google. Yeah. Um, no, I think, you know, because, you know, I'm I'm so into not talking a, a warmonger language. Because right. we know that happens. Right? How did we settle our disputes? You know, and I think, by example, the lacrosse games oh. and that's how we did we had stick games too in Dakotas but in in Latin America right they had the basketball game 
They had those games to settle disputes, not go off and kill each other. And you hear these talk about this talk about war, and no one's really talking about Earth. Hmm. You know, so isn't the Earth spiritualities the spiritual technology that she still can teach us? Mm. Because after all, we don't really need these. Yeah. Because I remember we didn't need them then. That's true. Because we could talk like this, right? So, but any last thoughts, Rad? Um, I'll just respond to your question about the technology. And for me, it's everything in moderation, you know? Uh, like, how heavily are you reliant on it? Are you addicted to it? And how much are you able to return to yourself and your body and connect with spirit? And if that's impossible, if your nervous system has trapped you into your relationship with your device and with technology, something's off. There's an imbalance. And then the second thing I'll say is check out our Iron Path Farms. That's right. And mm-hmm. if you have any land you want to give back, get in touch. <laughs> that's right. Oh. Yeah, our project focuses on um, heirloom or traditional native seeds growing only Haudenosaunee corn beans and squash. Mm. So we're going to be doing beans and corn and some squash again this year, but new strains with some new food projects to look forward to throughout the year. That's so cool. Can you remind me of the pumpkin that I was able to recently just share and taste with you recently? Yeah, we did a mutual aid project with the um, pumpkin that I grew. It was called Long Pie Pumpkin. Long Pie, yeah. That's like a a squash. Oh, Long Island? (laughs) <laughs> no, it's a Haudenosaunee strain. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was, wow, like, you, I got to yeah. show you, that you, no one can really hear, see right now, but we, we had this picture. <laughs> There's no that's pumpkin such pie a, like this. Yeah, it's a pumpkin like this. But such <laughs> was just expressing it. We were tasting We're like, oh, my goodness, what is this? So, yeah, please go support um, the beautiful folks here. We, we love you. And just thank you so much for, for what you bring to the community, you know, who you are. And, and for you. That, that is just my, that's my gratitude right there. That's, oh. that's what I had. That's what I want to bring forth. Uh, for me, you know, um, shout out to Mama Mika right now, just supporting us, holding us down. Uh, wouldn't be this close to community without her. Uh, right. So much love to yeah, all to the mamas out there. Sasha. Sasha and yeah. that little seed that's coming through as well. That's cool, that one coming. Yeah. Yeah, for me, you know, I can't bring buffalo to this part of the area. It's <laughs> like, I can't do that. I can bring corn and seeds and things like that, but mine is bison, right? Out mm-hmm. there, and of course, the, the, the plants too. Um, but I want to thank you, Christian Matute Sagbai, for being here, Rad Pirera, and Deogande Hall. I hope you come back. Really yes. do. I want that. And lend a common person voice like we do to each other out there at the table that we sit at other than this one. So, But I want to thank you all for joining us here on First Voices Radio. Um, yeah, and remember, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and Buzzsprout, and Spotify... This is not a commercial. It's just how you can listen to it, listen to us otherwise. And First Voices Indigenous org for archive downloading and listening. And thank you to Liz Hill and to Malcolm, who is our engineer, guiding us through this time and space. And yeah, but thank you. And, and we're going to go out with this music called Mother. And it's by Soulja. They should have known this couldn't last for They should have known this cannot last so long. And 
Yes, they should have known when we go murder our mother. The consequences from the father is gonna be his stone. I've seen it when we go raping our mother earth who was so fresh and green that what we gonna give will be what we get in and what we sow will be what we reap and if you take the blood out from a vein think they gonna never ever be the same who will repay here But no 